All right, Veritas Church, I'm so glad to be back with you this week, and this, this morning we're doing something a little different. Uh, everyone's trying to figure out what the new normal is, and it's a great opportunity to try some new things. I hate, can't handle preaching just to a screen, and so I gathered some people in our church that I could preach to and actually give them a chance to share. This morning we are in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 13, and the, the title of this section is the call to endurance, the call to endurance. And chapter 11 is, is the great cloud of witnesses cheering us on in the faith. We've got Jesus cheering us on. We've got all these saints from the, from the scriptures. And this morning, we've got some older people who are still alive with us that have been running the race for a while. And we're going to hear their voices here in a minute. So we're going to have a scripture reading. So let's turn our attention to Hebrews chapter 12, Verses 1 through 13. Jim, would you open us up here? Therefore, since we also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every hindrance and sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For con consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, so that you won't grow weary and give up. In struggling against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And you have forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons. My son, do not take the Lord's discipline lightly or lose heart when you are reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and punishes every son he receives. Endure the suffering as discipline. God is dealing with you as sons. For what son is there that a father does not discipline? But if you are without discipline, which all receive, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Furthermore, we had human fathers discipline us, and we respected them. Shouldn't we submit even more to the father's spirits and life? For they disciplined us for a short time, based on what seemed good to them. But he does it for our benefit so that we can share his holiness. No discipline seems enjoyable at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it yields a peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen your tired hands and weakened knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated but healed instead. Amen. Well, the context of this chapter is that this these people are actually suffering in chapter 10 we see that these christians had lost their properties many of them lost their jobs they're suffering they're being uh, mocked for being followers of jesus and it would be easy to think uh, in times of trial like this are, are we do some are we doing something wrong is god is god punishing us for something bad that we've done and chapter 11, he, he gives this whole explanation. He says, no, this is the normal experience of a follower of Jesus. Look at all these examples of people that have gone before and suffered. 
And they endured this as part of their life as a follower of Jesus. And Jesus himself said in, in the book of John, he said, you know, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And so we see here in Hebrews that the writer wants us to have perspective on our suffering. And that's exactly what we need right now. And I love in verse 7 how the message translation says it. Uh, listen to this. It says, God is educating you. That's why you must never drop out. He's treating you as dear children. This trouble you're in isn't punishment. It's training the normal experience of children. So I want to ask you kids, all you kids watching, I have a question for you. Okay, so listen up. Am I a good dad if I let my kids watch as much TV and have as much time on the iPad and electronics as they want. And, and while they're watching TV, if I just keep bringing them Doritos and Oreos and saying, just eat as much sugar as you want. And then I let them stay up as late as, I, as they want and they can have their phones and their beds and everything. Would I be a good dad if I let that happen during this quarantine? No, and if you said yes, that proves that you need a mom and a dad or one of them helping you to not do that. The point of discipline is to train us. We all need tra training. And guess what? Your parents need it as well. All of us need to be trained. And so the point of discipline, when we go through a trial, it's to get our attention. God is trying to get our attention. So he takes away the iPad. He takes away the bag of Doritos because he wants us to learn something important. And so here's the question. If God is getting our attention, what is this trial drawing out of us? What is it revealing about us? What are the things that we've been holding on to that maybe are being taken away? And what is it revealing about what's inside of us? So the writer of Hebrews says, in the midst of this suffering, he says, here's what I want you to do. Okay, this is so important for us to listen and understand. He says in verse two, actually the end of verse one, he says, let us run with endurance the race before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, keeping our eyes on Jesus. One translation says, study how Jesus did it. Study how Jesus did it. So let me stop here on this point and just say this. If you don't have Jesus Christ right now, if you are not firmly planted on the rock of Jesus Christ, I want you to stop in this sermon right now and call out to Jesus Christ. Hebrews 4, earlier in this book, it says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we don't have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with us in our weakness. We have one who is tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. So let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us here in this time of our need. So what I'm saying to you is all you have to do is just, it's as simple as this, just say, Jesus, save me. Jesus, save me right now. So would you just call out to Jesus and be saved? It's that simple, and that's what we call the good news, the grace of God. 
And so if you don't have a faith to hold firmly onto right now, just call on Jesus. So here's a reminder of what Hebrews is saying is that Jesus, as our great high priest, he didn't just go through a pandemic. He didn't go through a pandemic. He actually bore in his body the pandemic, all of the sickness, all of the sin, all of the sorrow. He took it upon himself, the punishment that we deserved. He actually took it upon himself, the sickness and death that we deserved as those who have rebelled against God. He took it on himself. And and so that is the good news that Jesus is our high priest. We can go to him and we can say, Jesus, help us, save us. And the writer of Hebrews is saying, put your eyes on him. The second thing, look at uh, verse three. He says, consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself so that you will not grow weary and give up. In struggling against sin, you have not resisted to the point of shedding your blood. He's saying, all those people I talked about in chapter 11 uh, that died for their faith, he's saying, you guys haven't yet shed your blood. So look at what he says in verse 12. Therefore, strengthen your tired hands and your weakened knees. He's saying, you guys are weak, but take heart. God is training you, so keep running. Keep running and make straight paths for your feet. So I brought in these men because they've been running the race for many years. And this is not their first rodeo of trials and hardship and suffering. And men, before you uh, address Veritas Church, I I just want to say that I have talked to a lot of men this week. and, And a couple of them have said, you know, I cried for the first time in a long time. Um, one of them just sat in their, in their room and just cried. Um, many of them are, you know, staying awake at night, waking up and wondering about their jobs, wondering about, um, you know, what is life going to be like on the other side of this? And um, there's a lot of anxiety, fear, um, you know, and if, if people aren't anxious or afraid, we have a lot of college students who have reached out saying they're just bored, right? And they're, they're stuck at home and, uh, you know, you can only be on Instagram and Facebook and, you know, uh, TikTok or whatever for so long before you just get bored. And I guess I just want to hear from you guys the question, how do we do this? How do we strengthen our legs for this race that God has for us? Uh, you know, Dale, I'd love to hear from you first. Yeah, Mark, thanks for, for letting me be a part of this. Uh, I've been in Hebrews now for the last month or so, just studying away. And, and when we hit those verses there, verse 12 says, therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees. Uh, I, I just it was, was brought back to that cloud of witnesses that the writer of Hebrews talked about. And I went back to 11 chapter 11, verse 13, and said, these all died in faith, talking about the, uh, the saints, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they were seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking about that land from which they had gone out of, they would have had an opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared them a city. And 
And I remember when I read this and I just, I wrote down, wow, they died in faith, not having received the things promised. You know, why didn't they lose that faith? Um, because their eyes were on, on a heavenly place and not on this earthly place. And we, we get so hung up about all the things that go wrong in our lives and in the struggles that we have. And, and I just want to encourage people that your faith is based on what Christ did, but your hope is on eternity. It's not here on earth. So I just want you to keep your eyes on that. Run this race and, and just keep moving forward. Don't, don't have those drooping hands and those weak knees. And, and I thought of another verse in 1 Peter 3, and it says, always be ready uh, to make defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you. And, and another word there used instead of being ready was being prepared. And let me tell you, being prepared for what, what Jesus is talking about is not collecting as much toilet paper as you can and storing it in your basement. It's being prepared to share that hope. So it's being in God's word. It's praying. It's, it's seeking others. And in this time when we are all separated, um, we're really together but apart. And I just pray that we all would just think about that hope that we have and prepare our hearts to share that with the people around us because a day is coming when we will get the opportunity to share about that hope. Mm, amen. Amen. Thanks for sharing that. Jen, what do you think? How do we do this? How do we strengthen ourselves for this race? When I look at the world of uncertainty that exists out there, these are certainly unprecedented times. And I think not only myself, but I think everybody has lots and lots of questions, but at this point in time, there are very few answers. I think the struggle comes when we lose our moorings, we lose our, the connection with our everyday life, we lose our, our security is shaken, our safety, our routine patterns have been disrupted, and we say, how can we manage this? And yet, as I reflected on the time, I realized that we have been running the race with endurance, um, that we have been working on becoming prepared. Um, actually, uh, in some respects, the preparation, the endurance, the training that we've tried to implement really prepares us for such a time as this. And what do I mean by that? We truly have our salvation. We have our foundation in Jesus. We have our faith. We have our hope. We have prepared ourselves through scripture study, through worship, through fellowship with other believers, being sources of encouragement and receiving encouragement from others. We have invested in our faith. We have invested in our faith walk. And we know that faith is not built during adversity, but faith is grown for adversity. So when I think about our firm foundation, which is Jesus Christ, that's what we have. And we have evidences of his faithfulness. And those evidences can be seen in our church, from starting from an idea from Ames to going to roaming churches to a full church. There has been a lot of evidence of God's faithfulness, the growth in salt, the ministries in China, the, all the college towns and reaching out. He's been faithful. 
But we know also with a sense of adversity, adversity in us creates courage. It really proves our character. It brings growth to us. It really causes us to purify our motives and to reset our priorities in life. It really causes us to look for not only opportunities for faithfulness, but standing upon the firm foundation that we've tried so to develop and that the church has encouraged and provided us with. So when I think of this, I think of, then how do I endure the times before us? And we know that Jesus is knocking at the door. What's the key? Open the door. Allow the Holy Spirit to come in to minister to us, to strengthen us, to provide us with the resolve that we need to believe, to trust, and to have hope, not only for now, but the future. Not only our future for our families and our life, but our home in heaven. Amen. Amen. What a good word. Dad, wonder if you'd bring us home. What, what do you got? Well, as, I, as I've been thinking about these times, I go back to a time when, uh, when I was put in charge of a business that looked like it was, it was failing. I had three little kids, uh, and I would, uh, I would wake up in the middle of the night with just overwhelming thoughts that, that, that I'm gonna, it's all going to fall, and, and I don't know what I'm going to do. And uh, I was in charge of, of everything. I had a bunch of employees, and I thought, what am I going to do? And I, I'd wake up like two or three in the morning just overwhelmed. Well, um, one of the things I did was I would read the scripture in the morning, and I read this verse from Jeremiah thirty-two twenty-seven, And it says, and I had read, uh, I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is anything too hard for me? And I had read that along with other things. And, in that chapter. And, and so that night, as usual, I woke up with those overwhelming thoughts. And it's like the Lord spoke that verse back to me. He said, I'm the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is anything too hard for me? Quit worrying and go to sleep. I'm going to help you. And it's like, you know, I had read it, but it's like when the Spirit spoke it to me, it something something just, I just had peace that overwhelmed me. And I, and I, uh, I realized that we have the word of God and the spirit of Jesus said in John 14, 26, let me read this verse to you. Um, he said this, he said, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I've told you. And it's like, when we read the Bible, he puts it in there, and then he'll remind us when we need it. Uh, I'm sure that you've experienced that. You might be going through something, and, and you'll be reminded of a song or a verse. Even this morning, as I, was, uh, as I was working around, the Lord gave me a verse I hadn't thought of for years. And it's from, uh, from Proverbs 18.10. It says this. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. And I believe that God, by his Holy Spirit, wants to take his words and, and, and take his promises 
and impress them on our hearts and bring peace to us. Like, uh, like Jim shared a minute ago, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and we'll, we'll, we'll be with him. He'll bring his peace. So I want to encourage you to, to, as you read the word, to expect for God by the Holy Spirit to speak peace into your heart. That's my prayer for you. Mm, mm, that's a good word. And I was one of those little kids uh, crawling in bed in the morning and you reading the, the word. And I remember being in your car and you had the little note cards that you put on the dash. And uh, just I remember those verses from Jeremiah and Isaiah and uh, do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. And now you've got them kind of written all over your bedroom around the ceiling. And and uh, now our grandkids, you know, see all those promises too. And I'm just, uh, yeah, I, I think this is an important time. I think kids need to hear their dad's praying voice. You know what I mean? The, I think maybe this is the first time as, as families are together to hear a mom, uh, for the kids to hear the mom praying or the dad praying. And last night, uh, we hadn't done this in a long time. I don't know if we've ever done this, but we just, all the kids, you know, we're in the bedroom and a bunch of them in the bed and I just pulled out the guitar and we just sang, you know, and, and maybe some of those times will come out of this. Uh, wow. Thank you for the example of running the race with perseverance. We hope to follow in your steps. And Jim, I would love it if you just close us before we go uh, back into a time of worship as Dalton leads us. Jim, I wonder if you could just pray for us as we close our time. Amen. Father God, you are a God of promises. You're a God of hope. You're a God who's always there standing, ready, willing, able to respond to our every need. You have promised that, and we hold on to that truth. May those that hear this today, may they be willing to reach out to you in hope May they open up the door of their hearts and of their lives, opening up to your Holy Spirit, the power of your word, the power of your transforming presence. Lord, there is life in you, and that life brings abundance, that life brings hope, that life brings security, that life brings a future. May we hold on to you as our hope in our Savior and our Redeemer. And thank you for the grace that you give us and the promises that you pour upon us. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Uh, Veritas, let's worship Jesus. Turn our attention to him. <laughs>